I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. That's awesome, Luke. I love that one. I love that track, actually. It's an amazing track. Thanks so much for opening up the show that way. Yeah, no problem. Uh, welcome to The Construction Life. Thank you very much. You're in uh, You're in Alberta, uh, Calgary? Yeah. Uh, no, just north of Edmonton. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, it's good. And then you, when did you move there from Ontario? In July. In July. And so I just want everybody to understand that we're, we're talking to a former, I guess, Ontario contractor who's picked up and gone out west. Yes. Lots of questions to ask you. And I love that off mic. We just got started the conversation as we were just testing some technical stuff. And uh, you call it Ontario which yes. I definitely want to share with everybody that you left on terrible Canada to move to yeah. Alberta. Things are a lot better out West no? Uh, it's a lot nicer, a lot freer. Um, don't want to get too political. But no, no, no. We know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So let me share your information here. Uh, it's Luke, Luke Strauss from West X earthworks inc and his phone number is area code 780-690-5863 you can reach him on his email at luke at westxinc.ca and on instagram brand spanking new so don't expect any posts guys just yet eventually this month later on uh it's under at west x earthworks with the uh, x at the end of works um i want to do a quick shout out to rob my boy rob i'm wearing galaxy plumbing his tea today so thanks so much have uh hopefully you're having a, you had a great uh holiday and we'll talk to you in the new year man unleash your voice on the construction life podcast community are you passionate about the world of construction trades and all things building related the construction life podcast wants to hear from you leave us a review share your thoughts insights and experiences on your favorite podcast channel your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is a mortar that holds our podcast together. So share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the construction life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the over 400 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on our site. Check out www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on social at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Subscribe to our video channels on YouTube and Rumble. Check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners. The link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. Over to you, Luke. Where do you want to begin this story? Uh, I guess my first question to you is why did you pick up everything and move out west other than, I guess, the political environment? That's what got it started, yeah. all the, the COVID horseshit. Um, right in the middle of it, we decided, my wife and I decided we're out of here. So we. Uh, it took a while. It took 18 months from when we decided till the business was sold and we were able to leave. Okay. But uh, that was what got it started. And then after a while, we, uh, you know, things sort of went back to normal, but we were still, our hearts were, were done there and we had moved on. So was it rolling. a big, like when you guys started talking about it, did you guys create a balance sheet, pros and cons, try to figure out what you have to let go here, what you have to set up there? Did you go through that whole thing? Yeah, we decided um, we kind of had a minimum if we can sell the business for, blank amount of money, then we'd for sure do it. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we got that. Um, there was uh, the pros and cons list was more of where were we going? We were either going Florida or Alberta. Our oldest daughter and her husband moved out here first, so we followed them out here. So it kind of made sense at that point. Yeah. And then you ended up selling the business to, to your brother? My younger brother, yes. Yeah, okay. So he's handling the business here on this end. Um, yep. and so, I mean, what was the first thing, what can you share what the biggest differences are from here to there? I'm as, because I've already been, spoke, I spoke to a bunch of guys already, like homes are cheaper. Uh, you're getting more quality, I guess, of a home, so to speak. Um, but then is there still the opportunity out West work-wise to build a business? Yeah, it seems that way. So the homes are at most half what they are there. That's maybe what I've even heard. Less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the opportunities here. So I'm, I'm learning the area and meeting people, but we built a shop on, on the property. We bought an acreage out here. So I'm meeting lots of uh, contractors and stuff and learning the lay of the land and everybody's busy. Um, everyone talks about how much work there still is and how much opportunity there is. So I'm looking forward to it. 
are they embracing you or are they still considering you kind of competition while you're coming from Ontario over to us? No, I've had a few guys ask, uh, you know, I, t I told them my past and stuff and they were like telling me, well, get going again. We need more guys out here. So I don't think there's going to be much uh, animosity from where I came from. It'll, uh, they're just happy to get more help. Am I fair to say, Luke, that, I mean, the population, I guess, in Alberta has grown a lot faster than Ontario outside of the immigration that's just basically been a planned BS kind of environment where they're just forcing everybody to go to Ontario and just go there. But I think that Canadians that are thinking about the bigger picture are, are moving consciously to out west and to other provinces outside of Ontario. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think half the people I meet are not from here originally. Hmm. They're from... Uh, Probably most from Ontario, a lot from the East Coast, some from BC. Um, probably half the guys working on my shop are, are not from here. So here's an interesting question to ask you, Luke. Now that you've got an opportunity to start up a new construction company the second time around, what are yeah. you doing differently? Well, I didn't start the first one. My dad started it when I was a kid in 85. So okay. me and my brothers bought it about seven years ago. So this whole starting brand new thing is new to me. It's, uh, it's been interesting, but, uh, we're getting rolling. But you, you, you ran the business a certain way. You and your brother ran yeah. it a certain way here in Ontario, but now that you've got that experience of seven years and you're going to a different province and you're starting it with a whole new crop of clients, I'm just yeah. trying to figure out what kinds of ideas are you bringing that were great ideas and then what kinds of ideas are you just like, we're not going to bother with that. That makes no sense. Let's focus on other things. That's a tough one. Um, we had about 30 guys back in Ontario. I'm definitely not planning on growing to that size again, although it might happen by accident. But one thing that I did out there is, is put a lot of structure in the business. Um, you know, guys to run the shop, a uh, guy to run the maintenance. My wife was running the office. I kind of ran itself. Um, just people in charge of certain things. And I really like the structure and helps me stay organized and be very efficient. Um, so there will be, no matter what size I am, it's going to be structured and efficient and, and have things in place to take care of different things, I guess. Did you and your wife, when you guys were actually starting the ball rolling about moving and leaving Ontario, did, did you guys contemplate possibly other industries to get into not stay? Yeah, in we weren't, we weren't sure. It's funny. Um, we were deciding what to do when we got here because we sold and moved here with no jobs, with no careers, anything pretty scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, my wife wanted to work again. She was a stay at home mom for the longest time. So when she moved into my office, she really, really liked it after being at home for so long. So I had the brilliant idea. Why don't you go get an office job somewhere and I'll stay home with the kids for a while and get to know the lay of the land and figure it out from there. Um, I was actually worried that I was going to love being a stay at home dad and not want to go back to work, but that didn't take long. I can't wait to get, to get out <laughs> in the dirty again. And what, what, did, what did you guys focus on mainly? Like what kinds of areas or what, what did you work in Ontario when you guys built it? You're taking over your dad's business. So we were, uh, concrete and excavating. Yep. Um, our excavating was mostly swimming pools. We dug about 200 pools a year for 20 to 30 different pool companies. Wow. Um, back in the nineties, my dad built a, a conveyor system to get the dirt out of the backyards. Um, cause all the, all the houses were getting built so close together. So we were able to, uh, you know, dig a pool with a very small machine, but get the dirt out and the dump truck got loaded right out on the road. It was pretty, uh, pretty awesome system. My dad built. And then uh, he had concrete experience from when he was younger. So then I got to say late nineties, he decided we're going to go hard into concrete again. And that's where, that's the area that grew the most in the business. Um, we were all over Ontario, uh, did absolutely everything concrete except new construction. We didn't want to get into new construction at all. What was the reason why? It's just, it's, it's such a messy cutthroat business. Everything's mud all the time. Deadlines are crazy. Everyone's jumping over each other. So uh, we were did the, a lot of residential work. Were the budgets and, there, uh, Luke? Sorry. Say again? Were the budgets there? No. The, the You can get the niche stuff that we were into. The um, the prices were a lot higher, so the, the, the money's better than what we were doing. Yeah. Um, the custom stuff. A lot of industrial stuff with mill writing companies and things like that. 
things that just absolutely have to get done properly no matter what. So now we're not competing with the firefighters and the, you know, two and three man operations. We're in some serious work. And then I guess, Luke, when your dad started the business before you guys got into it, how was he running the shop before you guys got into it? Because I can only assume that you guys brought some sort of innovation to it to kind of scale it and bring it up. He didn't have 30 employees going, did he? No, he started with just himself and a backhoe yeah. um, in 85. And then he grew it when I was a kid. I want to say it was either nine or 11 employees. And then the 90s recession hit and he fired everybody. Um, my oldest brother, he dropped out of school to join my dad. So it was just the two of them. And then slowly over the years, built back up. Um, when we, when I took over running things, which was in 06, um, he still owned it, but I was running it. We probably had seven to nine employees. Um, and then I grew it up to, uh, to the 30 when, uh, when I left. Was it daunting to grow it to that size? Because you mentioned earlier that you don't want to grow the business there to that size. I never thought we'd get that big. It was when we had seven, seven, eight, nine employees, you know, we worked for companies that had 15, 20, 30, and I just didn't understand how they did it. Um, let alone some of these monster companies with hundreds and thousands, but it just naturally happened. Just uh, each aspect would just grow a little bit every year. We'd add a guy or two and, it just slowly naturally grew. So it didn't seem daunting. Um, it was a very natural thing. And I didn't, I didn't have any issues with it or anything like that. It's just this point in my life. I don't know that I want to do that again. It might happen by accident. It probably will. I'm just, uh, I mean, I don't think it's a negative, but I'm also looking at it. Like if you're pulling off 200 jobs in a year's time, you're basically talking about you're doing a lot of jobs, basically, is what's happening. You're well, that's just the that's just the pools was two hundred a year. Yeah, and concrete jobs was on top of that. That's insane, right? So there was a lot of work. Yeah. Everybody was busy. Were you guys pulling off? Was it a standard five day week, or was it getting into six day weeks? At the no, time? it was five days. There was the odd commercial or industrial thing that had to be done on a weekend or after hours or shutdowns. But for the most part, we tried not to work weekends. Um, that started when my brothers and I started having kids. Mm -hmm. Um, we did work six and sometimes seven days a week back then. But as soon as we had kids and my, my parents had grandkids, it was like, no, nope, we're not going to do that anymore. And then are you anticipating that the, um, the pool of employees out West, are they going to be different than the pool of employees that are here? <laughs> no pun intended pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great question. I haven't, I haven't looked into that much other than the, the only experience I have is the guys building my shop. Um, everyone that has been hired to build my shop is top quality work. The difference, the main difference I've seen is there's like a lack of urgency. Just, you know, we'll get there, you know, we'll get there tomorrow or tomorrow turns into the next day. Um, just doesn't seem to be the same amount of urgency as, as in uh, Ontario. Well, I guess because there's only so many of you guys and there's so much work that they know that the work is there. Maybe they have that kind it of mind be. shit. Could be. Yeah. Maybe it's better that way too. Right. Not always so panic to, to get over everything, but it's hard See, to say. I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes where to, to pick up. And it's funny through social media, I've been invited by so many people that follow me all over the Canada and the U S just come down, come down to my state, come to my province and just kind of build and consult for me. And, and, and I'm like, I'm tempted and I'm not tempted because I don't know, like, like what you're about to do is you have to get familiarized with the land. You got to figure out yeah. what this landscape's all about. And then you got, that's that learning curve process. Right. So I still don't know enough of what the contractor from that area is truly all about. I do know what yeah, the Ontario uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a big learning curve for sure. Like the one thing I'm, I'm doing an excavating business again. So you know, one of the main things is going to be, where do I take the fill? You know, we have the the regulations and the places that I'm familiar with in Ontario that we just dealt with for all those years. I got to start that over. I got to learn what are the rules, if there are any out here, um, who wants it, what are the fees for dumping, or if people are taking it for nothing, um, I'm going to have to learn all that stuff. The nice thing is I'm, I'm starting off with just myself, an excavator and a dump truck, and just take it easy and see where it goes. So i uh, it's not like I have employees that I got to keep busy to start off with. I'm kind of luckily that way, but uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do a plug for the first time. Um, I think you should reach out to the boys from Get Phil, the app, the show that we did. I watched I watched that episode and I was thinking about that because they do, and I think they will, and I think it's gonna happen regardless. I because I did bring up the question about what if someone in in BC because I knew that you know Versa Holmes and he has a lot of earth that he's got to move, but I definitely think that it won't hurt you to just drop them a line, send them an email. Um, use the email that was in the show notes there. I could even introduce you uh, mm-hmm. to them. They're great guys and they probably want to set up in your area anyway. And you could probably be the first one that's actually using it. Yeah, I sent that link or that episode to my brother just to uh, to let nice. him know about that. Nice. Because they're, they're, they're really growing well and, and they, they had a really positive feedback from the show. A lot of people were contacting them. So it was. I, I think it's a clever idea. I think it totally, the industry needs it. So all over the world. But they're going to focus here on Canada and then probably get into the U.S. Yeah, and the, the nice thing about it, too, is like you guys were saying on the show, is like keeping it simple because yeah. it's got to be easy. It's got to take something, some issue off our plate, which it sounds like it does. Time to sign up for Phil, the free construction marketplace and load tracking app for developers, engineers, and all contractors working in the civil construction industry. One other thing to mention is business and facility listings. Phil has the most complete database of quarries, pits, plants, and depots in Ontario, including all of the big names. So if you're looking for concrete, stone, asphalt, whatever, you'll be able to find it. You can also add your business listing or claim it. It might already be on the map. Sign up for free on the website at www.getphil.app. That's www.getphil.app. You can also search Phil in the app store. Did you have your dad? He's not in the business anymore. He works in the bit. Okay. Works for the company still. Yeah. And what's he think about the industry today? Uh, he's a little old school. Yeah. As you so can imagine he, he's almost 70. He's almost 70. Um, the fun part about him is uh, I always joked that when he put me in charge, he screwed me over because he was out playing in the dirt with my brothers and all the guys. And I was stuck in the office with my wife and my mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which it was, it's a joke. I, we yeah. got along real well. I loved working with my wife and everything, but uh, you know, there'd be times I'd get a call from one of the guys. Hey, you got to come talk to Louie. He's yelling at everybody. And you know, you know, one guy, the one time comes into the office, I, I saw what the issue was out in the back and I just walked away from it because my dad and my brothers were there. 10 minutes later, the one guy comes in the office goes, you got to come talk to Louie. He's yelling at everyone and blah, blah, blah. So I said, that's fine. I will come and talk to him. However, if you guys would stop fucking up, he would stop yelling at you. And the guy agreed with me, but it was. At that age is not yelling, Luke. That's how That's they right. communicate. Oh man. And if I think you think he's yelling now. <laughs> exactly. There is a difference, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, because he's seen quite a bit, right? So, and he's also trying to help you guys to try to better prepare you guys so you guys can excel, right? And it seems like you guys are going to excel on both ends now, which is great. So now you guys can say you're national. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, he's certainly taught us the work ethic and everything like that. Um, he grew up on a farm and then we were we were living on farms for a while. So you kind of have that background as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, to see the guys today, you know, crying in a parking lot over a girlfriend or whatever, something that never happened years ago. Um, I was able to adapt to it. I, uh, you know, I roll with the punches. It's it's hard for his generation to to understand that and, and deal with it. So, well, it, yeah, it's completely different nowadays. But with the, the, the trades people of today have a lot, I think, a lot more problems. I think there's a lot more going on in today's day and age, so to speak. Um, and then it also doesn't help because our, our Canadian, Canadian economical situation isn't the greatest right now. It's absolutely yeah. horrible what's going on. And then I've always said it on this show several times that the tradespeople didn't have the right to increase their rates the way everything else was increasing. You know, like I'm, I'm still dumbfounded now to go to a restaurant and to pick up food and the tip is automatically attached to that order at their discretion on what amount it is. And I'm like, hang on a sec. This is like based on service, right? This is like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm helping you out. But I just like, trace people are not allowed. Like you imagine us pulling out a pay-as-you-go kind of device and has a tip included already for the last payment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what we would get as a result of that kind of suggestion it would yeah, never fly, think. right? So it's just like every other industry. And I know that the the hospitality, you know, they got hit really hard. And 
I get it. We all got hit really hard, but it's like we didn't have the opportunity to grow financially the way everybody else is growing now financially. So we have to be a lot more financially creative is what we have to do, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was pretty fortunate. Um, we were always at the higher end of the cost of things, um, doing the custom difficult jobs that no one else wanted. My dad always had a saying, someone had to be the most expensive. It might as well be us. I love it. Um, that's a it great worked, thing. You know, it, it totally yeah. works. Yeah, you know, we had uh, we had a nice fleet of everything. They still do, and uh, and all that stuff. But it, yeah, it certainly comes with challenges. You roll up in all these fancy things, turn some people off for sure. Um, you know, thinking, oh, you must be rolling in with all these nice trucks. But uh, yeah, and who's maintaining time, the trucks? Yeah. Who's driving the trucks? Who's taking like? There's a lot of expense attached to all that. Well, the other side of it too, like working the commercial industrial stuff. If you don't have those things, they won't look at you right either. You know, if you if you got old beaters that are always broken, they don't want you on site. Yeah. So it helped us go in that direction as well. Did you guys ever, you haven't gotten into doing the finishing of the pool. You're just focusing on the ex excavation and concrete work, right? Uh, we did. It was mostly the excavation. Um, and then we got into a lot of the, the landscape work, the rock work and things yeah. like that. Um, the heavy because stuff. we had the machines. Yeah. And then we did pour some of the, the pool decks for some of the guys. A lot of them did it themselves and a lot of it subbed out to other guys. It's uh, that's pretty challenging as far as flat work goes is around a swimming pool. So we didn't really push it as hard as we could have. Um, plus we we're being as expensive as we were. It didn't work out for a lot of them too. Well, cause that wasn't your, I mean, that wasn't your efficiency, right? So you knew exactly what you guys did best and you focused on that, which made a lot of sense in any kind of niche construction business, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Job costing things, you know, you try to, every once in a while you try to do something at someone else's price and it just never works um, just because you were not set up for it. I'm, I'm wondering, Luke, I just, are, are you starting to do some R and D on your future clients that you're going to be working with right now? in out west there yeah i've actually met a few people um bouncing some ideas off them i'm actually going to be the um the distributor for sutura underground uh, waste systems out here in alberta okay that's one of the customers we had in ontario so now that i'm out here they're happy to uh to have me as their distributor so that's going to be the one focus that i'm trying to uh to get into and then i'll meet people and pick up what i can in between and just network, that's all. And I, yeah, it gets me true. thinking about, um, I have not heard this yet, but I don't think anybody from out west is actually moving to Ontario to set up shop here. <laughs> Can't imagine why. I don't, like, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat, man, but I don't think anybody has even, I, I mean, recently I got someone that was uh, moving from the UK and coming to Ontario. Mm -hmm electrician okay. starting all over again and coming here to Canada. Um, and I wish them all luck uh, and we're discussing things, but I don't think tradespeople that are across the country are looking favorably to come to Ontario to set up. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I want to say about that uh, being the one that left, but I get it. No, I get it. But I'm always curious on my, I mean, I'm always curious why tradespeople left the, in, move on from the industry mm -hmm. or move away from the industry to another place. I mean, I know that in Europe, you get a lot of tradespeople that will move around from the UK or from Europe and they go to Australia, they'll go, you know, different parts of the world, but then eventually they might show up in Canada, show up in the U S um, but other than immigrants coming into Ontario, I, I don't think we're seeing a lot of tradespeople coming into uh, this industry on this side. Uh, but definitely a lot of people are going out that West. Yeah, a lot of, um, it's tough. Like I know a lot of the landscape companies, they're, they're hiring the foreign workers, the Mexicans and, and guys like that, just simply for, for the labor aspect, because there's no one to do it. Yeah. Um, you hear back from all of them too. They're the hardest working people they have. Um, well, they work. Our, yeah, that's right. Um, a rental rental shop we use in Ontario hired a, a couple foreign workers uh, for mechanics. They said they're the hardest working guys they have. Um, so on the labor side, yeah, the farms. I know a lot of farms use foreign workers, but it's going to be that's going to be where people are going to have to get help from. I think. Are you planning on? Did you ever attend the heavy machinery show? Yep. Yeah. Are you planning on seeing it next year? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we'll be there recording shows. So we've actually yeah. partnered with them. We partnered with the, the Concrete Expo as well. So we'll be yeah. there doing some shows. Are, are, are you planning on coming to even the Concrete Show? The one in Ontario? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, not this year. That's for okay. sure. Well, m- maybe your brother might go there as well too, because they're yeah, they typically do go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I normally went every year, every other year, um, just something to do. But uh, it won't be this year being out here. So can we talk a little bit about machinery? Because now that you left one province and went out west, you got to start from scratch, no? Because there's no way that you took any part of your machinery, or did you? No, I bought new stuff out here. That's what I figured, right? So good. You, your brother gets the hand-me-downs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the <laughs> hand-me-downs that were all brand new. <laughs> But then now you got to set up there, and you, so are you having conversations with the dealers there to, on all the machinery that you need? Yep. So I'm a bobcat guy. I bleed white and orange. Nice. Um, so first thing I did when I when I moved here is I bought a little skid steer and a mini excavator for working around my place. Um, I have a new nine ton excavator coming in the spring. Um, just bought a dump truck. I got to buy a trailer. Um, so that that's the fun stuff is the spending money and buying all those toys. Let me, let me ask you, Luke, I mean, I'm, and I hope that you're brutally honest. How's your mental health leaving Ontario and moving to Alberta? Is it better? It is better for sure. Like I, I can definitely say my mental health was not good out there, especially through the thick of COVID. Yeah. Um, and your wife feels the people, same way? Yeah. The government and people trying to tell me what to do did not fly well with us. Yeah. So, no, it didn't fly well. Um, as soon as we get out here, everyone welcomes you with open arms. It's so, it's so different. Um, the kids love it. My wife loves it. Everyone's super nice. Um, yeah, no, we feel great. We're so happy we moved out here. There's no, you guys aren't looking at each other and just second guessing going, hang on a sec. Did we make a mistake here? We left everything. No, <laughs> not yet. We not yet. No, not our, my wife. And we constantly ask the kids, um, just making sure their mental health is okay. Yeah. Um, but no, they seem great too. They've all made friends and, and are in school and everything and doing their sports. So everything seems really good. Uh, business wise now, I mean, are you looking at as if you're going to probably be making the same amount of money profit wise, or is there opportunity more greater there than it is here? I would imagine I'm going to be in the same profit margin area. Okay. Um, it's, that's a tough one because we were the high end of the market over there. So we did do have a good profit margin at the old company. Um, so to top that here, I don't know the opportunity. I don't think it'll be terrible. That's for sure. Um, and then being a small business too, it'll be very efficient with me running things. So there shouldn't be very many screw ups to to cut into that either. I guess it's just going to be a, a the mindset of your dad, where how you guys position yourself and you find the right clientele that wants to work with you. That yeah. that's where the business is going to grow. Yeah, that's right. And I'll I'll pick and choose my jobs. I'm not going to take just anything. I'm fortunate enough that I don't, I can't not work for the rest of my life, but I also don't have to take shit jobs just to get by. Yeah. Have you thought about what your ramp up is going to be like? What do you think? Like, are you thinking after the first year, the boots get wet and now we're kind of into our groove or is it going to take two years? Like, what are you thinking about? It's tough to say. Um, my main focus is going to be on the Sutura uh, garbage line, yeah. trying to get that rocking. Um, I got my son's 19, wants to join, jump in as soon as I need help. My son-in-law is out here, wants to jump in as soon as I need help. So I've got two good guys right there, um, if need be. Um, i got another buddy moved out here. One of my estimators moved out here the same day we did for the same reasons. Um, if we're busy enough, he's anxious to, to come and join us too, perhaps. But, uh, so I got a good solid base to start if I need extra help and then, and then go from there. It's like a family, it's like a family and friends indeed, man. Yeah. It's, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm pretty lucky that way. Uh, we'll see if, see how quickly I need them. Um, it sounds like I'll see you soon too, Luke. Pardon? It seems like I'll see you soon too. Yeah. Come on over. (laughs) Buy you a beer. No, I always wanted to go. I, I've always been to the far end, right? Go visit friends in BC and things like that. Uh, I've driven through Alberta. Yeah. I've done that whole trek back in my 20s, right? Where you go right across the country. Um, but I, I definitely, it's very um, it's very appealing, very attractive to kind of leave here and go there. Yeah, like a talking, like my Bobcat sales guy, just talking to him about some things, trying to learn the lay of the land. He's like, it's the wild, wild west out here. Um. 
which is not exactly, but you know, there's still regulations and rules and stuff, but it's, it's not the same red tape. It's not the same bullshit uh, as back there. So as far as, you know, putting bucket in the ground and getting some work going, it shouldn't be too hard. I don't think. How close are you to the U S Canada border? Probably six hours. Okay. Is there a lot of, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out, cause I know that I've heard this from other trades. There is uh, you guys, I think get more influence by the U S side uh in that province than we do do you know what i mean by that yeah i do again i don't know if that's true or not it's just too new you're about to see it right yeah because i'm just i'm figuring it maybe that when i say that i mean the u.s is building bigger homes and having bigger budgets and they just want top-notch quality work performed Mm -hmm. they want to find good tradespeople to handle the work scope where that's not really the forefront that's not on the menu in ontario when it comes to clientele, they're always a race to the bottom, right? Which is a yeah, hard fight sure. that's, battle, right? That's why we stay away from new construction. Yeah. So it, it made a lot of sense, but I'm figuring that since you're going out there, you get a lot of that closeness between the two countries where it kind of, uh, there's a, re- a residue coming into Canada now that you get that mindset in Alberta. It could be, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I can't speak to that at this point. Techno metal post screw piles are installed by our trained certified professionals using specially designed hydraulic machines. The piles are augered in until they reach a specified torque and depth, allowing our installers to determine the load bearing capacity for this structure. Helical pile foundations are made from hollow structural steel HHS that is compliant with ASTM A500 grade C. They are designed, tested, fabricated, and installed in compliance with Canadian, European, and U.S. building codes. When compared to bolted coupling and similar products, TMP's fully welded couplings ranked above the others and provided maximum strength, rigidity, and enhanced buckling resistance. Different shaft and helical blade sizes are available to accommodate the needs of structure support and site soil conditions. Our engineering department provides assistance to determine the appropriate sizes for specified project types. Reach out to them at www.technometalpost.com for your next project. I'm envious, man. I'll be honest, Luke. I'll be, I'm, I'm very envious. I had... I had several of my customers tell me that when I was uh, when I finally was telling everybody this is what we're doing. My brother's buying it. We're moving out west. I must have had a half a dozen of my customers call me personally and like, "Wow, good for you, man! Like you did it. You got out um, and uh, like you know, living the dream. Way to go!" I've talked to a bunch of them since, and you know, everyone they're they're happy for me. Um, the guys that call anyway. <laughs> um, any down? like anything that you're going to miss from Ontario? Well, it's not this year, but apparently it gets cold as balls up here. So uh, I'm not so much looking forward to minus 40 days, but um, the sun shines here all the time. It's frigging gorgeous. Um, There's some things we're going to miss for sure. You know, a lot of families out there, there's, you know, the, my favorite restaurants and the St. Jacob's farmer's market, things like that, that uh, are just different here. So the odd niche thing you miss, but the people are excellent. The place is excellent. So it's it's hard to say. Just got to go back and visit family once in a while. And business-wise, um, I guess when it comes to business structuring and CRA, nothing really changes on this end, right? Like it's pretty much different form. That's all it is. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, different. That's for the accountants to figure out. Yeah. Um, they know all the rules. Less tax out here. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> but I guess you also did you have yeah you no you yeah you had to re- register your business out there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's all done. That's all. So you had to do that. That's about it. But then regarding yeah, you're actually going to be saving a little bit of money on taxes. Yeah, that's just five percent GST out here, and then uh, your income tax is less. Property taxes are less. Was I it's, was I reading some uh, uh, medicinal medicinal <laughs> magic work that was coming from the government talking about um, there was a rumor that they were going to start knocking off the GST off of Ontario construction projects or they were considering that? Well, they're knocking it off of the construction of rental units. Okay. I don't know about any other construction, though, other than that. That's the only thing I've heard. Were they still talking about that, or they've approved to do that? I think it's been approved. Um, I'm not sure when it starts. Yeah, I'll look into that. But, I mean, that kind of almost makes no sense when you've got rental rates the way they are. 
I don't know how it really benefits. Yeah, I don't know. They need to they need to listen to Pierre a little bit, get out of the way, and let people build some freaking homes. Well, they just need to start listening to more Canadians. That's all. So yeah. now that we're at forty one million, and there's only less than a thousand of them, yeah, there's a lot more voices that need to be uh, heard. Yeah, it's funny. Like when we built our shop, uh, twenty thirteen, we moved in. Uh, we built it ourselves. Like my dad did most of the actual work himself. Um, you know, we go in and you apply for a building permit, do stuff, and, and they make you feel like a criminal yeah. trying to spend a $2 million building a building. Um, I think a lot of it with these building departments is they have their group of big property developers that they like to work with and they rub elbows with. When a Joel Blow comes in off the road, they don't know who they are. They don't give a shit. They just put you at the end of the line. You're not don't wrong. Try to help you out at all. It's, it's yeah. brutal. You're not wrong, which is really a shame because um, the question to ask you and me is who built this country? Yeah. It was built on yeah, the backs of this. Yeah, small, small business, construction business. That's who built it. Who's yeah. abusing it? That's a mm -hmm. different question, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of big construction businesses that are going on that are getting away with a lot of stuff that they shouldn't be getting away with. Yeah, like uh, I... Yeah, again, like staying away from new construction. We never got to know any of those big players. We we know you you hear of them and stuff, and guys always ask you, "Oh, what about this? What about that?" I'm like, honestly, we're in our own little niche world here. We don't know anything about anyone. Um, you know, we know our group of customers and the type of work we do. Um, sometimes it makes you feel kind of dumb not being tuned into some of that other stuff, but we're just so busy doing our thing, didn't even care. Well, I'm sure you'll have a blast when the stampede happens next year. We do want to go, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, what I've heard is pretty cool. I, I've always heard it. And you also get a lot of Americans coming up to it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a huge it's thing. It's a huge yeah. thing, right? It's a huge event yeah. there. That's why. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know a lot of people in Calgary, they leave town when the stampede's on. <laughs> For very good reason. But I mean, I've never yeah. been. I would love to see it at least once in my lifetime to experience well, it. Me too, yeah. Like, uh, but I heard it's, it's amazing. Just, it sounds like a blast. Sounds something to experience for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we could talk with you at around that same time when, when the business is going and everything's working really well and everything's running smooth and you can share what kind of ups and downs that you, you kind of went through. And then, uh, yeah, as for as many downs as you had, I'm at the stampede right now, so it's all up right now. It's all good. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll That's be the right. mindset, right? So, yeah. uh, so why didn't you? I'm curious. I know that it was funny you brought up Florida because there's been other contractors that I've spoken to. Florida was on the, on the plate as well. And yeah. Um, yeah, so we did seriously look into Florida. Um, we picked areas. We, uh, you know, kind of figured out how to legally do it and all that stuff. Um, then during that, we found out 2,000 Canadians a day are moving to Florida. Wow. Apparently, like that's on the government's website. 2,000 a day are getting out of here. Um, and we were like this close to going there until my daughter moved out here. Um, she's, yeah, she's uh, due any week now. So she's going to have my first grandbaby. So right. it would be hard Congrats. to live there. With yeah, and then going back here. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the deciding factor. But yeah, you're right. A lot of people were picking up. And I mean, you're getting homes for a fraction of what you would be paying back in Ontario, right? Yeah, and the population of Canada in Florida, just about. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh it was it was a tough call, but we're happy with the one we made, but uh, I think we'd have been happy there too. Well, I guess now you gotta focus on trying to get another representative of uh of Wessex and, and just out in BC, out in Winnipeg, <laughs> just keep on going through all of the provinces. You gotta get a division in the east. Then you could yeah. truly make it national. <laughs> East X. Um, <laughs> well, if the, if the Sutura thing takes off, we do plan on uh, having the territory from Manitoba to BC. So we'll cover the West side anyway. I think that you know this, Luke, and you probably have learned this from your dad, that there is a huge amount of opportunity in this country. I don't yeah. think that you should be looking at Canada as a negative. Fine. Ontario and Toronto is a shithole. I'm just going to say that. I don't recognize either one. Um, I think it's the worst part of Canada right now, and it's unfortunate because there's a lot of negativity going on in that area. But there's a lot of huge opportunity. It doesn't have to be in that city of Toronto and that province of Ontario. If you're going to show up and work hard yes. and do what you say you're going to do, you're going to make it anywhere you are. 
Um, for sure. It's, uh, everyone I'm talking to out here, same thing. Like I talked to guys about, man, the lack of urgency out here and this and that. And, um, the guy that poured my floor, you know, f- group of four guys, fantastic. Those guys are probably the ones I found closest to like the Ontario boys. Yeah. And he was telling me, he goes, when you find guys that have your same mentality, you stick together. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to get out there and work. So I, I imagine I'm going to be busier than I can handle before I know what. But the numbers don't lie, Luke. Like, honestly, fine. You're making a hundred grand in Ontario. You're making a hundred grand in Alberta, but you're carrying, you're carrying a million dollar home in Ontario and you're carrying a $500,000 home in Alberta. Yeah. Like the numbers don't lie. Yeah. That's why a lot of people are moving out here is the home prices. And then uh, they find out the life out here is a lot nicer too. Yeah. Well, my daughter's 22 years old. They they own a 15 acre property um, and a house. Like, couldn't do that out there. No, you'd never do that. No. Well, if you did in Ontario, you'd be kicked out. You'd probably get a uh, a knock on the door by some very shady looking individual saying you got to get out of this land. That's what yeah. happens right now. So, well, we'll get canceled eventually. <laughs> what else you want to share, Luke? Oh gosh, I don't know. This all happened so quickly. Oh, well, I know you reached out. We got talking a little bit, and then I was fascinated. I was very, very fascinated that the you you picked up the hammer and you went out west. Simple as that. Which is, yeah. and like you said, it wasn't just overnight. It was eighteen months. You guys seriously thought about it, figured out what was the best way to do it, and then you started seriously thinking about the logistics behind it and doing it right. Yeah, and the way the way it went is uh, the first call after we decided to do it, we called our accountant. And said, uh, you know, basically, how do you sell a business? Um, the plan was to sell it outside of the family because of the the place in life where my brothers are with the small family, young families and stuff. Um, didn't know if they'd be able to do it. Uh, I was starting to get some interest from outside of the company to buy it. So then I went to my, my brothers, my dad, and let them know, listen, this is my plan. Um, I'm selling one way or the other. I have some interest from outside of the family. If that falls through, I would like to be bought out by you guys. And, uh, you know, and that's that. My brother asked, like, well, what if we don't want to buy you out? And I said, well, I don't know if you wanted to go down to that that route. And he goes, well, what if? And I said, well, then I guess we're liquidating and shutting down because I'm leaving. One way or the other, I'm leaving. So uh, we had a nice conversation about it. And then. Uh, over the weekend, they, my dad and my younger brother were talking. They came to me Monday morning and asked if they could buy it or my, my younger brother buy it. And my dad would, uh, would help him finance it. And I was, you know, fine with me. If you can get the financing, that's great. Keep it in the family. And, uh, it all came together in the end, which is nice. I guess the big question is, and I don't want you to divulge the number, but how did you come to value the figure and was it less because you were handing it off to a family instead of probably more if you handed it outside of the family? Yeah, it, it is less. So we have a kick-ass shareholders agreement that our lawyer put together for us when we bought it from my dad. Okay. Um, the way it works is, uh, without using numbers, but at the end of every fiscal year, our accountant puts a value on the company. And then if any of us wants to sell it to the other person, it's an average of the past three years valuation. Got it. Okay. So the number was built in. It was really easy. And uh, everyone agreed. And it's, uh, it is, you know, it's one of the main benefits that I can say about having a shareholders agreement. It just went, there was no fighting over the number. The number is what the number is. And it was a fair number based on that assessment and how things were being done year after year. It was a fair yeah. agreement for both sides. Nobody was benefiting greater or less, right? That's right. Like, uh, you know, the business, the value of the business was growing every year, um, quite a bit, actually. Um, So to sell it outside of the business, yes, I could have gotten more. But I'm very happy with the number I got. I'm not a greedy guy. I'm not a fancy person. I like to live a simple life. So we got more than enough to, uh, to make the journey out here and get started again and, and uh, didn't bankrupt my brother doing it. So it works out well for everybody. Is it, um, but it would still be costing you the same, I'm talking machinery wise, if you were to set up brand new in Ontario versus Alberta, it would still cost you the same. Machines haven't, they're not cheaper out West, are they? 
No, they're not. The machine is, you know, that's what quarter it is. million dollars for an excavator, yeah. you know, $300,000 for a dump truck. It is what it is. Um, but, uh, but the place where I'm parking, it costs half as much. Yes. That's so, exactly true. Right. And then to yeah. operate the business is less. Yeah. Um, and you can still charge the same amount, if not more, depending on the clients, depending on the scope of the project. So when you actually did your balance sheet and you're figuring things out, you kind of get on like, you're better off out west than you would have been in Ontario. Yeah, for sure. Like um, everyone makes as much or more money out here. And I don't know if groceries cost less. I think they're everything's, you know, things you buy at a store seem to cost the same, except for the properties and the taxes. Hmm. But you're making, you're also making more. So yeah, you're ahead in, in two different ways. Um, so it, at the end of the day, the profits should be better, um, but we'll see. Has the, um, I know that we saw, and I don't want to get this show into political hot water or whatever, but um, I thought the premier of Alberta got rid of the carbon tax out there. They were not going to collect it. That's um, Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was Alberta. Yeah. Okay. So Alberta, she would like to, but everything's private here and she will not ask a private company to break the law. Where in Saskatchewan, it's owned by the province. Got it. So they're just not going to do it. We'll just have to wait till next year when we replace uh, <laughs> cabinetry. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. We all see it coming. That's the, the funny thing is that um, we all see it coming. It's happening. But uh, a certain individual is just hanging on to, for whatever reason, hanging on to that last little thread. That's about it, right? So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to I'm envious, Luke. I'm totally envious, right? So I'm still trying to figure out how we can do this podcast on the road or something like that or in a plane or just be anywhere in the world other than here because it's uh, not the... Listen, I'm on the same boat. I totally am on the same boat with you regarding uh, the state of affairs in Ontario here, right? Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's... We... Uh, yeah, we just... It, it, it drove us out, so... Contractors, it's time to empower your business with Shelta Tech implementation. Shelta is offering a free meeting to tackle your biggest pain points head on. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you, solving your pain points, streamlining your processes, making your workday smoother. Here's the scoop. There's a $15,000 digital adoption grant available and Shelta is an expert at helping you secure it. This isn't just funding. It's your stepping stone into a new era of digital efficiency. By your second meeting, you'll get a tailor-made company playbook, a software prototype designed with your input, project tracking, real-time budget management, and daily logs all integrated into a single app. It's tech that works for you, not the other way around. Shelta isn't just offering tech. They're offering transformation. Join the community of 93 subcontractors who have already stepped up their game with Shelta Tech. Two meetings, countless opportunities. Ready to make a move? Visit Shelta.app. Let's pave the way to a smarter, tech-driven future. Shelta Technology, custom tech solutions for the modern contractor. Do you we're, think, we're, do you think if your dad had a similar opportunity way back when, would he have made that big leap? Probably not. It's a, it's a hard thing to leave your family. It's tough. It is. But I'm trying to think of our, let's talk about a little bit of uh coincidence. I mean, would your dad, would good old, old man Trudeau would have been around at the same time when he was dealing with it? Yeah. Probably, right? Yeah, Trudeau was what, in the 70s? It was in the uh, mid to late 70s to the early 80s, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad was, well, he wasn't, he didn't have his own business then, but he was, he, he was around. He was around there, yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out, you're, you're right, because at that point, your dad was probably setting up everything, and this was where he was placing everything. So to mm-hmm. make the move would have been a, a much more dramatic experience, right? I would think so, yeah. And, and with, you know, without the internet and smartphones yeah. and cell phones and stuff, yeah, man, you're just so cut off from your family. Because you guys did a lot of research before you left, and you had, a, like, advantages that he would never have had. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, we... When we came out, we came out here in March to look at houses. Um, we had, you know, through MLS, we had 16 properties we came and looked at with an agent, bought a house that week. Um, couldn't have done that back in the 80s. It would have, you would have had to come out here, find somebody, yep. you know, spend a friggin' month looking for a house. Um, I'm at a loss. I don't even know what to ask you now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even know what to bring up. No, no, I'm just yeah. curious about it because I'm always fascinated about, about about that and the suns. And uh, I mean, I guess the idea is that you're doing this uh, possibly because you want to keep this business growing and continues to grow. It's not a matter of stopping it. And I want the younger kids that are getting into construction to understand that you can build something and hand it off to somebody. Eventually, you yeah, can build yeah, something sure. of value is what I'm saying. Is that your dad started it. You guys, yeah. the boys bought into it. And now yep. you guys are now splitting it, but growing it on two different parts of the country. And then what's to say what's going to happen next in the future, right? You there's, never know. There's so much opportunity. Like, yeah, like you said, if you're talking to young guys, you know, find a good company that you like to work for and grow inside of that company. You can own that company. There's no... Learn. I'm sure an, an owner will be happy to find somebody to sell it to. So many guys are retiring with no one to buy their business and they're just shutting her down. And it's very sad because some very good companies are going, uh, you know, sh are shutting their doors because there's no one to take it over. But um, you can do it. Anyone can do it. Just, you know, learn and stick with it and grow inside the company and guys will be happy. I don't know how many guys inside the business, I'd hire a guy and, you know, they come in all enthusiastic and, oh, I want to grow in the company and, you know, where's the ceiling? And I would, I would tell all of them. I will put as much effort into you as you put into you. Yeah. No more, no less. And whatever job you want here, you can have. You can have my job because I can I can grow this business in another direction and you can do what I'm doing. No one, none of them ever did, but the opportunity's there. Um, I I think when I got into construction 15 years ago, there was a lot of ego by the young trades. They all wanted to build their own brand. They didn't want to take over a brand. But I think in the last five years, that mindset has changed to the point where they're seeing the value of shadowing a person like you and understanding the business that you've built and understanding the value that's associated with that, that one day I could work for this person, work in this company, learn all kinds of stuff, and then all of a sudden open up a chapter version or take over this version. And that, I think, is a far more financially responsible situ decision than starting from scratch because your ego is telling you to start from scratch. Yeah, and like almost every company now has benefits. Yes. Um, has, you know, RRSP plans or whatever. Um, I was running the company when we implemented all of that stuff. I actually saw over the past 10 or 15 years, salaries go through the roof. And I'm of a different mindset than a lot of guys. I want to pay a guy as much as I can. I don't want to get a guy for, a, you know, as little as I can pay him. I want to be able to pay guys very well because without them, our company is nothing but a few brothers. Yeah. You know, um, you can only do so much work without employees. So when you find the good ones and they're benefiting your company and your income, I want to reward them. Uh, as well as I can. So it's constant raises and bonuses and whatever for the guys that we were able to afford them uh, so long as they deserved it. Um, so yeah, the benefit, there's a very good opportunity in good companies to have great careers, great lifestyles and <coughs> ownership. Um, lots of companies have um, profit sharing um, I know, I know several guys who started as a laborer at their companies and eventually bought in with the son of the owner, not, you know, it didn't just get passed to the son. It got passed to the son and another worker. It's a smart so, move. It's a, it's like a seriously smart move. Yeah. So if I were to grow again, I would definitely probably have some minority shareholders with key guys have, give them a piece of the company so that their heart is in it and they never want to leave. Then you got that that core group of guys, kind of like the your core group on a hockey team. You know, you got to have your your main players there. You're never worried about them leaving. Yeah. So that's probably the one thing I would do differently if the company grows past three, four guys. So, but for now, you keep your feet wet and just get it established. Get a lay of the land of the clients that are out there, the type of projects that they're asking for. Prove prove it. And just show yeah. that you guys are hardworking. You'll deliver. You'll do a great product, uh, great service, and then let the rest of the clients come from there. And then you can grow at that point. I met a guy at, uh, I was getting, I bought a dump truck. So I was in getting the license plate for it this morning. Another uh, big excavating company guy came in this morning. 
I saw the name on his truck. I was shooting the shit with him for a little bit. And uh, he's like, man, you got a card? I don't, I don't even have business cards yet. So I got his. I'm like, do you sub stuff out? He goes, I sub stuff out all the time to guys who are ambitious and good workers. Like the opportunities here, um, you know, and just, just chat with someone, chat with somebody in a line. Um, You'll you learn, know. you'll learn so much, man. Just like put your hand up and ask a question. Simple as that. Oh, that's man. just it. Put yourself out there yeah. and uh, you know, things will, things will happen. You make it happen. Don't let life happen to you. No. Uh, I'd love for you, Luke, to share if you know, um, what was your dad's price when he first started the business compared to what the what price is today? The based on an average, let's say an average pool. Well, I can't say when he started it because I was five. <laughs> I do know in the late nineties, we were at like for a backhoe or an excavator, like 50, 60 bucks an hour. Okay. And when I left our, our biggest machine was probably $225 an hour. It's not a you whole lot. It's not a whole yeah, lot. For... Laborers are going out the door, hundred and hundred to one hundred and twenty dollars an hour. Yeah, um, you know, just a guy in a pickup truck. Um, but man, yeah, like I remember, I remember one time, and I think it was ninety eight. I was out with a guy, and uh, it was a, basically a buck a minute. My dad told me, just tell him it's a buck a minute, and uh, go from there. Back in the day, it would have been a buck a minute. That was like nineteen ninety eight. Now it's like three bucks a minute. Yeah, or more. Yeah, I mean, that's what, but you need good workers at that point, right? I'm sure there's guys that are cheaper, but what are they going to do oh, wrong? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, it might end. Another thing my dad always says, my most expensive employee is the cheapest one I have. Yeah, you know, it makes the a lot guys of sense. We pay the, the guys we pay the most are the ones that make us money. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Has your dad come remember, out? Sorry? I was just going to say, I, I remember it would have been again, back in the late nineties, the first uh, concrete job that we had that cost $20,000. We build a guy $20,000 thinking, Oh my God, like look at the size of this job. And you thought now we're doing jobs over a million. It's crazy. Yeah. Is it still the same stress? It's gotta be the same amount of stress. Yeah. Oh yeah. The stress, the stress is more, it's funny. The in construction, the hardest thing to do is the paperwork. Yes. That's where the stress is, you know, making sure your health and safety stuff is all up to snuff and making sure everyone's doing their pre-trips on their trucks and all of the paperwork. The actual work is the easy part. You know, we have machines and tools for everything now. People aren't working as hard as they once did. Um, you know, no one's wheelbarrowing 100 meters of concrete or whatever. Everything's getting pumped. Oh, we have little buggies for everything, tools yeah. for everything. So, yeah, the hardest thing is the office stuff. That's where the stress is and all the behind the scenes shit. I'd go even as far as saying that all the stress is actually compounded from the ignoring of paperwork. Well, for sure. Yeah. You know, letting it go this day and then I'll take care of it tomorrow. Letting it go in tomorrow and then take care of the day after that. And then before you, well, know my it. wife never allowed that. to happen. No, I know. But I mean, I'm talking about generalizing the construction industry. <laughs> well, that's why that those, uh, the guy you had on the other day with building those apps. Yeah. I, I shared that one with my brother too. I'm like, guys, you guys gotta, you gotta do this. Reach out uh, to David. I mean, because it's, it's smart. I think it's totally smart. Yeah. And, um, and Keith was really, you know, he's, he's yeah. onto something there for business. Oh, they're totally going to reach out to him because yeah. oh man, the, the help that that'll give them. Because the thing about construction is it's all the misfits that aren't, I shouldn't say all, it's all the guys that don't belong in school that aren't good with paperwork. They want to work with their hands. So now to go and find a job working with your hands, now you got to do paperwork again. That's not what they signed up for. So yeah, if those guys are making it as easy as it it looked like uh, in those apps, my God, you got to do it. Then you run a you run a nice tight ship, and then all you got to do is focus on delivering the service. Right, it's as simple yeah. as that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you deliver the service. We we had my dad has our very first customer ever still to this day from 1985. Wow. Um, yeah, service. That's all. He always said that too. Is we're not a construction company. We're a service company that does construction. Was it always going to be this for your dad? Because I kind of feel that you guys got into this because of the whole with what your dad started. So now you guys are taking and expanding it from it. But did he have a different trade or a different path at some point? Or was it always this? He started in con concrete when he was 15. Um, learned he was one of these like super construction guys. He literally learned every different trade, didn't get certified in any of them, but 
help frame stuff, help plumb stuff. You know, he learned it all. He knew every part of construction. And then, uh, and then he got into the excavating um, because with his, his concrete background as well, everywhere there's concrete port, there's dirt and gravel done. <laughs> so then he got into that and that's where he stuck for a while. Um, he says his dream was always to work for his boys one day and he did it. There you go. He's living the dream. Yeah. And he must yeah. love it. And has he come out and visit you yet? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, he wants we'll, the business we'll up and running. Vacation. He wants the business up and running so he can criticize. Well, there he can, then he, <laughs> he can come on his vacation and come work. That's all he wants to do. He the fucking works. <laughs> That's what happens. And I just do want to, I want to do a shout out to Larry from out West, uh, key tile. He was uh, calling me up and he, he texted me. He goes, give me a call when you get a chance, man. And I was like, okay, cool. And I call him and, and he was telling me, he goes, listen, my old man was uh, telling me to meet somebody at the airport because he was handing off a gift that he was bringing from back home in Portugal, right? And uh, so he goes, okay, fine, no problem. I'm, I'm actually dropping a friend off because it's a holiday season. I'm dropping a friend off. I'll hang out a couple more hours and I'll wait for this person to bring this package all the way from Portugal. So he's at the airport waiting. And all of a sudden, this hand comes and smacks him on his shoulder and lifts up his hoodie and puts it over his head, right? And he turns around, takes the hoodie off, and it's his old man. His old man came in to surprise him, and he's like, here, I'm here for two weeks for the holidays. I'm going to be spending it with you. And I was like, that must have been nice. He goes, I cried like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't seen my dad in months, and I'm like, here he is. I had no idea who's coming in, right? So you're probably going to have the same situation when he comes out west and checks out what, what his boy has kind of created there, right? Yeah, I won't be at the airport though. He doesn't like to fly. <laughs> he's gonna but, drive uh, over. But he's a tech guy. Like he's his best friend lives in PEI. He drives out there for the weekend to hang out with his buddy. <laughs> you know, sometimes the drive is nice. Oh, I love the drive, man. Driving. I mean, you drive every everywhere you go here is a drive. Yeah. But I love driving. It's what I do to to calm my nerves. So it's it's right up my alley. But uh, that's a big. That's, so he's gonna drive out west then. Yeah, if he comes, he'll drive. My mom will fly out, and she might bring uh, <laughs> she might bring some of the kids' cousins and stuff with him and and stuff. But uh, we're with her. But I imagine if my dad's coming; he's driving. <laughs> but I mean, funny. he'd love it too. The the drive's gorgeous. Of course, here. it is. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. I don't know what else, Luke. I think I almost want to wait until you set everything up, and then once we will chat again in the spring or in the summertime, and just figure out how everything's rolling along. Yeah, or maybe in the fall. Let me get through a summer and yes. I'll let you know what all I've learned. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be great because I know that a lot of guys are probably going to listen to this show and they're probably, they may even reach out to you to find out, you know, uh, it's kind of tempting. Maybe I'll go out west, right? Is there room for yeah. me kind of idea? And I think there's plenty my, of room. Yeah, my daughter had a, a friend of hers and her husband moved out after she did. She was t- raving about it. They moved out because they can't buy a house in Ontario. So, yeah, I'm happy to talk to anyone. Uh, you throw my number out there. Anyone wants to chat? I'm bored. I need something to do anyway. <laughs> no, you got to build the business, man. Well, that's, uh, there's not much going on now till spring. So I need stuff to do other than cleaning houses and grocery shopping. Awesome, man. Uh, so, yeah, let me, we got to get to the 12 questions. Uh, Luke Strauss, West X Earthworks, Inc., 780-690-5863. You can reach him at LukeWestXInc.ca and on Instagram is WestXEarthworks with the X. Uh, you ready for this? Yes, sir. What is your favorite construction word? My favorite construction word um it's probably more of a three words get her done get her done what's your least favorite tool other than trudeau would be a concrete quick cut saw (laughs) you're not the only one that has used that name as the reply to that question i kind of like that it's coming up all the time what construction sound do you love oh i like the quiet at the end of the day when everything shuts off calm what is your favorite beverage? Coca-Cola Classic. Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Cunt. <laughs> what turns you on and off in construction? Uh, new ways of doing old things. And off? Uh, when someone does something the old way simply because that's the way it's been done. Yeah, no way. What's your favorite vehicle? My Ford Raptor. What year is your Raptor? 23. I like the older. I like first gen. I don't know why. First gen's awesome with the six two. Yeah, um, but kind of wish they would go back to that. No, they can't do that. They to can't. the six two or put that big seven uh, three in it. 
You can get the Raptor R with uh, 700 horse. Jesus, man. Never in my day did I think pickup trucks. Never in my day. Good for them. It's great. Uh, what do you miss from your childhood? My grandma. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day, Luke? I would love to get into some restoration of, I don't know, like antique things or furniture uh, or homes. Old apart and make it look new again. Furniture or homes? Not homes, not cars, but uh, yeah, furniture, old whatever, old gas pumps, you name it, just yeah. whatever. Old stuff, make it look new. You know what's kind of sad, Luke, is that um, uh, I think there was a show at one time. Uh, maybe a decade ago where they're always restoring furniture that people left on the curb side. Okay. And they would bring it back as they fixed it up and they leave it for the homeowner. It's okay. like, I don't see any of the new furniture today having that kind of environment. You know what I'm no, saying? I don't think so. It's all disposable. Yeah. But uh, there was a show, uh, it was called American restoration. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I loved watching those guys pull stuff apart and fix it and put it back together. You talk about calmness, man. I actually, I miss going to antique shops, man. I haven't yeah. been to an antique shop in a while. Yeah. You'll always find little things here. Uh, what profession do you not want to attempt? Uh, what profession would I not want to attempt? I would not want to build high rises. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? I'd love him to say thank you. That's it. Luke, pleasure having you on the show, man. Appreciate you making hey, the time. Thanks for having me on short notice. I'm 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 envious that you you done what you've done, and and I'm really excited about what you're going to pull off. And I think a lot of people should be paying attention and following you and reaching out and and taking whatever lessons they possibly can out of it. Well, let's talk after a season and see what I've learned and see if we can't uh, get some more people out here. I feel positive and hopeful that you're going to do really well. I think I'm told, I wasn't kidding about national. Start hitting all the provinces and even get into the territories as well if you can while you're at it. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> <laughs> as well thanks luke thanks so much man all right thanks manny all right don't go anywhere just yet